What is the Rural Health Scholars Program in Southern Utah? What is there to do for fun in Cedar City? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I made the long trek down here to Cedar City, Utah. On a cold, snowy day. On a cold, snowy day. And I'm very blessed to be in the company of uh, Rita Osborne, the pre-medical advisor. What's your official title? I'm I need to get this. I'm actually the associate director of the Utah Center for Rural Health. So um, let's talk about the program here at Southern Utah University and uh, what kind of students uh, – so let's talk about SUU. Let's talk about what kind of students do well in your program. So SUU has carved out a niche for itself in the state as a um, small liberal arts type of, of school uh, with a private feel with a public cost. And we're very proud of that. We have a beautiful campus and uh, we've got a great Shakespeare, Shakespearean festival and uh, it's, a, it's an awesome place to be. But it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. So we have about 8,000 students here. It's a, um, a comfortable-sized campus, but uh, but does have some challenges and limitations as well. You know, let's, let's talk about your program, then we'll talk about the challenges and limitations. Sure. Uh, so how many students are in the pre-medical track? Wow. So in our Rural Health Scholars Program, we have about 300 students. Okay. Now, that's all disciplines. Uh, we've got PA, pharmacy, physical therapy, dentistry, medical the whole gamut. The whole gamut. Yes. And and, and are you in charge of each of them or just the medical aspect or? Uh, yeah, I coordinate all of them. Wow. Yeah. So I, I'm yeah. talking to the head honcho. All right. Yeah. Good. So um, so what kind of services does your program offer? So Rural Health Scholars was founded in 2004 because mm-hmm. our, our campus did not have a pre-professional advising office that you would find at most other campuses. Um, our AHEC Utah Center for Rural Health decided to create this program uh, with the help of Wayne Samuelson, mm-hmm. who my predecessor um, <laughs> and mentor. <laughs> Mine too. He was amazing okay. at setting, helping us set this up, and um, the program has grown and flourished. And uh, students get involved as soon as they get here, and they're involved in a, a specific seminar every uh, semester, a one credit pass fail seminar. They start out in their freshman year mm-hmm. uh, with a seven a.m. on Tuesday morning seminar, where they hear a variety. of of healthcare professionals. They'll hear from pharmacists, from dentists, from physicians. So it helps that undecided student better um, make a choice. Mm -hmm. Then they differentiate and go into some different smaller seminars. We've got the history of medicine uh, taught by one of our local uh, retired anesthesiologists, um, medical skills taught by one of our nurse managers at the hospital, things like that. Excellent. Um, Rita, where do you see your program going? What's on the horizon? Well, we've uh, grown to expand our program to Dixie. Our Dixie program is just starting to boom. We've got about 100 students down there. And when you say Dixie, you mean Dixie State University yes. in uh, yes. St. George, Utah, which yes. is roughly an hour south of here. It is. Okay. And, uh, just for all those listeners out there that thinking that Cedar City is reaching into – the southern United States. So. <laughs> true, true, very true. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Dixie is poised to uh, really do some heavy-duty growth in the mm. next five to ten years, and mm. we're very excited to grow along with them. We are reaching out to Snow and CEU colleges as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work very well with their students who want to transfer here to SUU. I think another, another advantage of our program is we really are in tune with our communities. And so because we are the Utah Center for Rural Health, we're working with with, uh, graduate student placements and um, existing healthcare providers, so we know when there's an issue in a community. So it helps provide opportunities for students to get engaged in leadership. 
that evolved with a student, another U of U alumni, Rhett Smith, who uh, uh, created a low-income clinic up in Beaver, Utah. And that clinic has evolved from um, one day a week to now two days a week. And we have uh, 10 students uh, a semester that participate in providing care up there with the help of a local PA to uh, the community of Beaver. Let's talk about the UROP. Tell me more about UROP. So, so UROP, so uh, we have, uh, so UROP is based at the University of Utah mm-hmm. Medical School. Okay. And so once medical students uh, matriculate to the med school, they get to go out and do rural presentations in rural high schools. Okay. So we've got med students all over the state uh, kind mm. of doing a uh, travel uh, tour of the state and hitting all of our rural high schools. And coming down here to southern Utah. Yes. Okay. Um, giving hands-on experiences to high school students okay. and encouraging them to think about going into medicine. Okay. Our rural kids often you know, need some motivation to do that. All right. Where do your students go? What kind of fields do they go into? What kind of schools do, or do they end up at? So for our medical students, I would dare say 60% or higher, depending on the year, uh, do matriculate to an osteopathic medical school. We have a we are the Rural Health Scholars Program. Mm-hmm. We have a rural primary care focus, and okay. we're very proud of that. So okay. uh, we have about 20% of the pool each year may matriculate to the University of Utah, and then another 20% to out-of-state MD programs. All right, fantastic. Can you tell me more about the Rural Health Scholars Program? What does that entail? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a, a cultural immersion trip. Built into that because I've seen that a fair amount. Okay. Sure. So students start out with a, a um, in the program as early as they choose to go into a health career. We love to capture them when they're a freshman, mm-hmm. and we say capture because we work with them the whole way across. Uh, in their freshman year, they start out with a seven a.m. seminar mm-hmm. on Tuesday mornings. Uh, we bring in a variety of guest speakers, all different healthcare career fields, so that that student who's undecided really can have a. Um, Uh, opportunity to listen to what a pharmacist does versus a physician, those types of things. So after that, they start differentiating and they choose a variety – from a variety of other seminars. We have a retired anesthesiologist that teaches about the history of medicine. We have a nurse manager that teaches uh, medical skills training to our students. So they're in a one-credit pass-fail seminar pretty much the whole time that they're here. In the year after they apply – then they become a peer mentor in our program. And that's been a very effective um, use of some of our senior-level students. And we've got a um, growing cohort of students that are, are very successful at getting in. So our cultural immersion trips evolved with some students that wanted to go to Mexico and, and check out some of the clinics down there. Most all of our special projects have evolved from a student developing them. Mm-hmm. Now we offer cultural immersion trips to Las Vegas, believe it or not, uh, to some homeless clinics. Uh, we go over to Shiprock and Fort Defiance in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then we do some of the international trips as well for students that have a passion for global health. Mm-hmm. So we go to the Dominican Republic, um, Africa, um, Central American countries, and especially students who have medical Spanish skills mm-hmm. can enhance those there. I think, um, Rita, that's amazing because I think there's this perception that, you know, SUU, a tiny school, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the students sound like they have these really great domestic international experiences where they can be immersed in different cultures and get different experiences. And and as dean of admissions at the U, I just think that's fantastic. Especially because we live in a very small part of the state that's very homogeneous. Mm -hmm. I think I'm very passionate about exposing our students to other cultures, Mm -hmm. getting them out of their comfort zone and uh, having them work with diverse population groups. Yeah. And, you know, from from an admissions committee standpoint, we love that because the first thing – 
um, that the missions committee always asks is, you know, how is this applicant going to interact with diverse patients? Because as a physician, you know, you don't really control who walks in through the door. You have to interact with all different people from all walks of life. And so the missions committees love to look at, you know, has, has a particular applicant work with patients that are very different from them. And I think that's great that these immersion trips are kind of built into it because it kind of shows, you know, it kind of demonstrates that they can go outside their comfort zone and be exposed to these different types of people. Mm-hmm. So that's that's great. Um, what other aspects make it, you know, it sounds like a pretty unique program. Tell, you know, what else is unique about that? It's Health very Scholars unique. Yeah. In fact, I've presented at a couple national conferences mm-hmm. and we do have a, a quite a little niche program here, but it seems to work. So mm-hmm. um, we have a living learning community in our um, dorms mm-hmm. where students can choose to be on the Rural Health Scholars floor where we actually have a tutor that goes over there a couple nights a week and works with them and they do some other enhanced activities so that that's great we offer private tutoring to our students that are in the program um, students do pay a fee for our program here it's um, not huge it's about two hundred dollars a semester um, we also do an in-house test prep program for them hmm. when they get ready to take the MCAT, the PCAT, the DAT, whichever uh, entrance exam it is, taught by our local faculty. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. Um, and then, um, you know, like in Rita, you talked about you know becoming very passionate, interested in rural health. How, how did you come to this position? How did that journey take place? Wow, I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's a long question. I ended up in southern Utah and fell in love with it, Mm -hmm. and it it was a fit. I have a a background in public administration. So working at a public institution, I'm passionate about um, civil service. Mm -hmm. Uh, My my father was a civil servant, Mm -hmm. and so I'm passionate about giving back. And it's wonderful to help create a, a cohort of my future doctors. These are the physicians, and I see incredible physicians. We're starting to see that pipeline come back to southern Utah. You were just telling me about the acceptance rates. Let's talk more about that. Yes, our uh, PR machine here at SUU does a great job of promoting our acceptance rates, which can um, change very much depending on the year. We have a small sample size. Each year, um, we maybe have 20, 25 students that matriculate to medical school. Mm -hmm. So... You know, there's a lot of variance with that. And I have parents or students call and say, you know, I'm comparing your acceptance rate with that of a larger institution in our state, and you have a higher acceptance rate. And Mm -hmm. I really caution them that because we are a smaller school, uh, we can actually calculate our acceptance rates much better than some of the larger schools have the capacity to do. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're able to define that a lot better. But we, while our acceptance rates are very, very good – We do well at what we do, which is promoting rural and primary care. How do I say this delicately? Our students are not going to Harvard and Stanford and Yale. Um, Those students that really want to matriculate to schools like that are best served to probably go to Research One institutions. Now, we do have a student at the Mayo Clinic. Uh, There are some rare exceptions where that can happen from a school like that, like ours. Um, but for the most part, I would, as I mentioned before, 60% of our students are heading to osteopathic schools. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, this is a good problem to have. Your number one question is like, what is your secret ingredient? What is the secret to your success? That sounds like what people are asking you about when mm-hmm. parents call in. So mm-hmm. does that sound 
accurate? Probably. Mm, yeah. And I think it's, it's comprehensive advising. Mm-hmm. It's getting that student early on. My greatest success is when that freshman comes to me and says, I never realized I was going to have to do all this to get to med school. This is not for me. Mm-hmm. I think I really want to be a sociologist. And I think that's fantastic that they find that out earlier in the game than later. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather have that happen and not waste their time and money. Okay. Fantastic. Well, um, you know, I, I was going to close out by asking you, sell me on Cedar City, Utah. Why is living in Cedar City the place to be? <laughs> it's Festival City, USA. It correct? is. Okay. It is. Right. So so we have a great community here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Looking out the window today, it's snowing and, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it is a fantastic place. It's got community uh, connections. It's got the university here. Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely beautiful if you love hiking and outdoor activities and things like that. Because it's by uh, Bryce's National Canyon, Zion's National Park, a lot of uh, the different beautiful hiking areas. A lot and of rock climbing. Rock climbing. And I know growing up in Utah, um, Cedar City was this mythological place. They would always just talk about the Shakespearean really? festivals. Uh, so, And everyone just talked about making the pilgrimage to Cedar City to see the Shakespearean festivals. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. Yeah. Our, our Shakespeare Festival has grown immensely, and, mm-hmm. and they provide six plays during the summertime. They now have a fall festival that's mm-hmm. been going on for a few years where three more plays are provided. But now, in addition to that, we also have the Neil Simon Festival. So if Shakespeare's not I your did not cup know of tea, about this. then uh, you can take in some Neil Simon. There's mm-hmm. a couple of Neil Simon productions that are produced each summer as well so. have you gone to those as well oh yes they're okay. fantastic wow so, so what's yeah. what's your favorite what you know either favorite neil simon or favorite shakespeare play oh this last year we had 12 angry men and mm-hmm. it was an amazing production so i have to say that that was just fantastic so, wow yeah. and do they give a discount to people who live in cedar city no unfortunately i know, I know all, well, all us city folk in salt lake city there's like this eternal jockeying to get good tickets. Sure. It's pretty rough. Sure. We so. do have an Iron County resident uh, discount. Okay. I, I suppose it's, um, I think it's maybe even 25, 50% off. So. And aren't most of the actors and actresses or, you know, are they from Cedar City? No, okay. they're they're usually equity actors that okay. are brought in. Many of them from the Los Angeles area. Okay, <laughs> all right, because that's that was always a question in my mind. Like, are these local or is it is it more from? No, you, know, you the, can you can tell the vibe in town changes when the actors get here for the season. Tell me it's, more. It's, tell me about the vibe. It's a different vibe. What is the pre-vibe in Cedar City like it, versus the post-vibe? Yeah, yeah. So during the school year, you know, we've got the students who are you know hanging out and things like that. But you can tell when the Shakespeare actors. Uh, show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coffee houses are much more populated. Mm. Things stay open a little bit later. Uh, there's uh, when the season is is in season. Actually, you know, places will stay up later and mm-hmm. stay open later. So interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know. I had no idea the pre and post five. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Wow, great. Well, Rita, to close out, any 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 other plugs for your fantastic program down here at Southern Utah University? No, we're happy to assist any students. Like I said, our primary focus is those kids that come from a rural background that really want to return to their rural communities. We have a lot of first-generation students that we work with, first-generation college students, mm-hmm. and we're happy to work with them. We provide a home for them to uh, – Kind of nurtured them through mm-hmm. that just coming onto a college campus experience, and it's been quite successful. So, yeah. Well, Rita, uh, thank you for your time, and uh, I look forward to coming back next year. Great, love to have you. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio online at thescoperadio.com.